All right, ladies and gentlemen, good morning to the morning podcast, okay, on this December 5th. A wonderful day to be in real estate, of course. You guys have this wonderful four weeks left, three if you take the week between Christmas and New Year's off, and uh, it's great. It's set up perfectly this year, folks. you got three solid weeks, then you'll have a three-day weekend. Work four days, take another three-day weekend, okay, and then it's next year. All right, but today we are very fortunate, okay, from equity title to have Jamie, and as I call her, Led Zeppenfeld. No, I'm just kidding. Jamie Zeppenfeld from Equity Title. Jamie, if you could hit star six on your phone, that would be great. All right. Good morning. Thank you for that intro. No problem. I would, you know, if if that was my last name, I would legally change my middle name to Led. I honestly, I really should, shouldn't I? (laughs) I would. I would take it as, it might piss off your parents, but... I think it's really something you should not get it. Anyway, you're awesome. Let's keep it rocking. All right. Tell them a little about yourself, how long you've been doing this, all that good stuff, please. So I am a marketing rep with Equity Title. Um, I have been in the business, it'll be five years this uh, June, I believe. So it's been quite a while now. Um, but yeah, right. basically, like I, I go around and I help agents market themselves in hopes to help them, you know, obtain a little bit more business. And then in return, you know, uh, send us a, a couple of escrows here and there. <laughs> uh, right, the old capture rate. I'm sure you guys hear a yes. lot about that at Equity. <laughs> oh, we sure so do. do we. <laughs> <laughs> so do we, which is great. No, and uh, you know, and you guys do a great job too because um, you know there's there's three of you, right? Three of you now. It's just you. There's uh, Rhonda, and there's Brittany, and right? Brittany, and you guys cover mm-hmm. all. Right. Tell them what offices yep, Brittany... cover, just so they know who covers. Yeah. So Brittany, is, she covers the Sahara and the Town Center office. Rhonda covers the Seven Hills office, and then I cover the Southwest office over by IKEA. Right, and that's the crazy office over there, right? Yeah, it's the party office. Of <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yes, they. they when, I, when I first started here, they used to call that the frat office. <laughs> I feel I like that that, that title still reigns true. <laughs> yeah, it does. I can tell you stories, but we won't go into those right now. No, I won't. Right. No, it's a great office. It's a very productive office. A lot of good things going on in there. Okay, so let's go through some of the wonderful things. I mean, look, at as the VP of sales, I always tell people I was, I was doing relationships, business relationships like what we have with equity before they were a thing. I mean, then RESPA came along. And, you know, like when I was an agent, I used the same title company and I used the same mortgage originator because they were on my team. I knew if they had my deals, okay, that uh, these things were going to go smooth. And if I, if I needed to get back involved, I will. And you guys do that incredibly well. So tell them some of the things Thank that you, you offer to help us do that. So we, we offer quite a bit. You know, we offer um, a lot of, like I said before, a lot of assistance in marketing. You know, we sit and we have, you know, creative ways that we help the agents kind of come up with their marketing strategies, whether it's uh, going through our turnover reports with them to help them decide where they're going to farm, whether it's obtaining, you know, prelims or lean summary reports. We have a really great app and website to help them, you know, create net sheets and all that kind of fun stuff. There's, there's quite a plethora of things that we offer. And, you know, as reps, we wear so many different hats, whether it's helping with social media and coming up with templates for, you know, mailers and flyers and open houses, all, all of that kind of crazy stuff that, you know, agents, especially starting out, don't really realize that they need assistance with. So we're kind of there to help 
help with the overwhelm. <laughs> yeah, and I would say even some of the seasoned agents um, should be using more of those services. Like, okay, so let's go through one at a time. Uh, I'm listing a property, and I'm wondering if there's anything against the title as far as seconds or liens or maybe even IRS. Tell them why a prelim is so important, please. So a prelim is important in that case because, you know, our escrow officer, whoever your escrow officer of choice is, or if you need us to pair you with somebody that we think you'd match, or you, we think that you would match well with, they'll go through that prelim and they'll pull up any red flags that they may find that are attached to that property and help you in troubleshooting those issues so that when it does finally go under contract, it makes for a much smoother transaction. And, you know, our escrow officers are also really great about um, really diving into what every red flag um, or so would mean. And they also will, you know, sit down and teach classes or do one-on-ones to, to teach them how to read a prelim as well. So those are right. definitely huge. And, you know, say an agent doesn't necessarily want the full prelim quite yet, we also have the option for a lean summary report. Mm. I love but it. I definitely, love it. So, I mean, I think because we, we offer the prelim free of charge every time, you know, you get a listing, I think that's the best the best way to kind of take advantage of that. And we, we literally call it our equity advantage program. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. I would, I did that on all of, all of my listings. And um, um, I, re, I remember her, her name was Laurie. I called Laurie, hey, let's get, and she would get it done for me every single time. And it was, you know, because mm-hmm. a problem, look at, let's face it, people buy. And you guys have all worked with buyers, so you know they buy on emotion. Okay, so now they're in a transaction. A week before the closing, you have a problem that's going to take three weeks to close, right? Well, they could walk because of that, where if you knew about it when you took the listing, it wouldn't even be a problem or even come up exactly. by the time you exactly. close. So that's why it's so important because once you lose that emotional attachment to a property, it's tough to get it back, Right. Right. 100 percent and then people, you know people can get discouraged so easily and it's like yeah you know this this could be something that we avoided from the from the get-go right and it's a it's a real team concept thing too where you find out you know the the, the, the title company that's going to eventually get the closing figures it out fixes it and then we close if there's a problem and most of the time there isn't but sometimes right you, you never know right All sometimes right, so you get those unique situations huge. yeah that's huge. And, um, yeah. and the other thing you mentioned that was really good is the turnover rate and what areas to farm. So explain that a little bit so they know what that means. I mean, we know what, you and I know what it means, and I think most people do, but give them a little explanation of what that means, please. So our turnover report is organized by, um, by zip code and then by subdivision. And it tells you the three-month, six-month, and 12-month turnover percentage and the homes that were bought in that three-month, six-month, and 12-month period. So we always advise when you're deciding what areas you want to farm to make it most beneficial and be most targeted. The best way to go about it is by looking at that 12-month turnover percentage. And anywhere between an 8 to 12% is a really solid turnover percentage. Anything higher than that will tell you that, you know, maybe it's just a neighborhood that people, like, they go, they move in, and they live there for a little bit, but something's wrong. And so there's a higher turnover in that neighborhood. So while you know, it could be easy to get a listing in that area. That's because people want to get out of it if it's a high turnover, right? But trying to sell that mm-hmm. listing might be a little bit more tricky because, like I said, there's something wrong with the neighborhood or people just don't want to live there. Or sometimes, you know, if it's a very, very low turnover, that tells you that people really love living in these neighborhoods and they're probably mm-hmm. lifers, you know, and they're going to want mm-hmm. to stay there. And, uh, 
You know, I I don't want to say that, or I don't want to discourage agents from going after neighborhoods where people have lived in their homes for 10, 15, 20 years, because sometimes you might have somebody that eventually does want to downsize. They just need to have the right conversation with the right realtor, right? But Mm -hmm. especially if you're first starting out or if you're just kind of like re-strategizing your marketing, I definitely recommend sticking to that 8 to 12% plan and going after those neighborhoods with that turnover. And, you know, in once you see which subdivision, because we all know there can be multiple subdivisions inside of one specific neighborhood, right? So if you see that a subdivision only has maybe 26 homes inside of it, then we can go in in that same zip code and pull a farm for other subdivisions with a smaller amount of number to get you a higher list. But we we know and understand that all of the homes in there still have that 8 to 12%. So it's a lot more of a targeted farm for you to go after. And I think, honestly, I think that is the number one most important thing when you are starting out with your marketing. And then from there, kind of figuring it out, figuring out how you want to market those areas. Right. And, you know, and, and the thing is, is that, well, first off, what you just said there makes a lot of sense. And you guys are in Las Vegas, you know what I mean? So, so Jamie's in Las Vegas, obviously, Southwest office, where you can find a neighborhood that has an 8 10% turnover rate. Now, in California, that would be like, you know, probably uh, almost impossible to find because people, you know, stay in their houses forever. Some of them even deed them from, you know, generation to generation. And people still right. farm those neighborhoods. So you, you have the opportunity, especially in Arizona and Nevada, to pinpoint right. an area since if you don't have a farm, you might as well pick the most. It's like, it's like farming a piece of land and finding a piece of land that has the best soil, right? It's the same type of thing. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And if you already have a farm, getting all this information is completely helpful because you guys can also furnish them that, that, those analytics that you talk about as well, right? Exactly. Yeah. And then another thing that's nice too, if people do already have their farms, we can always send them updated farms like every month or every couple of weeks. So that way you can see, you know, just analytically what has gone up in value. And Mm -hmm. we know that houses are going up in value right now. So it's nice to see that. And it's nice to see, you know, if something has sold recently or something has just been put on the market recently. And then if you, you know, if you see that a house is just sold in your farm specifically, a really good way to kind of you know, benefit from that, even if they didn't list with you and sell their house with you, you can go around door knocking to those other um, other surrounding houses and say, hey, this house right here just sold for this much. Let's have a conversation about how much your house is worth. Like, are you interested? And we can set you up with, you know, market or neighborhood reports to take with them and give them that valuable information that actually shows um, the the sales price and the price per square foot and how that's gone up from 2020 to 2021 and 2021 to 2022. And when people see that, oh, my house was worth $560 per square foot two years ago, but now it's worth $600 per square foot um, over this last year, that kind of, that'll at least kind of get the wheels turning and it, it helps kind of encourage people to at least have the conversation with you, you know? Hmm. Yeah. Yep. I agree. I agree. Absolutely. Okay. Cool. All right. So um, anything, any other tidbits about farming you'd like to mention about before we move on to? Well, so when you are farming, there are a lot of creative ways to go about it. My biggest piece of advice is deciding, because we all know that there are so many different ways that you can market your farm when you do market them. Do you want to go after absentee owners? Do you want to go after owner-occupied? While in our farms, we're not able to actually tell 
if there is a renter living in those absentee owner properties, but we can tell by how many properties that owner has in that subdivision or just around town in general. And if they have, if they own three or more properties, that kind of tells you, okay, that's probably a rental property. So then if you want to start targeting renters and turn, convert them into buyers, that's something that we can do as well. And you have to decide, oh, do I, you know, do I want to send out mailers? Do I want to go door knocking? Do I want to have more open houses in this area? You have to decide how you're going to brand yourself and kind of become the face of that farm area. So that's my biggest, yeah. my biggest tidbit is really sit down and think like what has worked for me marketing in the past? What hasn't worked and take everything that has worked and, you know, still do that, but then maybe not necessarily reinvent the wheel, but get a little bit more creative with the things that you're already doing. Mm. Yeah, I agree. And, and, and I would also add this to that too. Um, you know, if you can, if you don't have a farm, pick a farm that you can, you can walk where it doesn't have a, you know, no solicitation policy because mailing is good, right. but dropping off is way better. And that's like so you much just said, better. Jamie. That, yeah, then they have a face that, that they actually see you. It's really weird because your brain is affected totally different when you see somebody face to face and talk to them than over the phone. Over the phone is definitely uh, is you know it's better than mail, but but it's definitely the best. And you know what actually works almost as good as video doing video yes you know so so you have a farm you have it pinpointed like you just said you got you can update it you know i think every six months is fine update the names and yeah. addresses and and then i would also and their emails and phone, phone numbers, numbers as well yeah and you yeah got, and we can we say. can you, provide that yes that's exactly what i was just going to say absolutely you guys can provide it and even even the best of software Okay, you know, you guys probably will get them 70, 80% of the phone numbers. I would right. go on and find the other ones. You can find them on, you know, People Finders or you can get them on Spokio. Because in my right. farm, I, I want a bunch of things. Number one, I, I want to I be able to knock it, at least most of it. If I have a couple gates inside my farming area, then I would say, okay, fine, I'll mail and call that area. But I will right. knock and drop the other ones. Then I'm going to go right to my social media. And I'm going to make sure everybody in my farm I'm friends with, I'm connected on Instagram. I go right, and I know you guys help them with that. Go through all that goodies, right? Yes, absolutely. Social media has become kind of one of those things that, you know, I feel like everybody is kind of facing the fact that social media is where marketing is turning to. So we've been helping out mm -hmm. a lot more with social media lately. I know you guys have it. I'm one of the first people to admit I was wrong about it. I used to make fun of Facebook when it first came out, Instagram and all that <laughs> crap, and now I'm doing it. I just did my video right before this call, right, about habits. I did another video about habits and why December is so important. And so, you know, you have, I mean, you have the opportunity to become familiar with a group of people that aren't familiar right. with you, and that's how they will reach out and use you for their real estate transactions, right? It's pretty simple when you think about it. Exactly. And one other thing that I do want to add to that, too, you know, once you add all sure. of these people to your social media, you know, of course, you want to have something in your social media handle indicating that you are a real estate agent so that, that they're not like alarmed and holy cow, why is this random stranger following me? But once they see that and you start to post videos in that about that farm area, this is your opportunity to position yourself as a complete expert of that area right so not like mm -hmm. you don't just have to be posting stuff that's real estate related you can go around and say hey like this you can just post it on your story a little video saying 
hey, I'm at this really great coffee shop in this neighborhood. Um, and to boost engagement, you can ask a question like, have you guys ever been here? What other coffee shops do you enjoy over in this area? And then at least you're, mm -hmm. you know, kind of starting to build rapport with them via that social media. And they feel, you know, you're a lot more relatable when you're doing stuff like that because it's like, wow, this person really does know everything about my neighborhood. Oh, my gosh, I love going to that restaurant. I love that coffee shop. That's right. the park that I take my dogs to. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I think it's great. You have your own little reality show. Is what, it's kind of like what you're describing, right? It's kind of cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I um, like I said, I, I do a video every day now. I do two Facebook posts um, and two Facebook Lives a week. I do this podcast. All of it is blasted on. So, hey, I had a guy at the beginning of COVID. I'll tell a quick story. I think you were there when I told this one. You know, short, I'll make it short. Um, he didn't want to use social media. Well, I convinced him, do it. Okay, so there's a listing in his farm that came up, not his listing. I go, walk through the listing, do a video, boost it on social media. Well, he did. He called me back a week later. You're not going to believe this. This is when, remember when COVID first happened, Jamie? They were like walking down the state lines. You can't drive across California into Nevada and vice versa. Remember that when they first? So <laughs> I sure these do. People, these people couldn't come see the house. But they saw it on social media and they said to him, we know that neighborhood, that's the exact style we've been waiting to come on. We want to buy it full price cash close in three weeks. Oh Just from his video. See, that's amazing. So, Just from a video alone. Yeah. Exactly. And he, he held onto the key for six months until they could finally come visit the house that they currently own. <laughs> wow. So that's incredible. I know it works. It does. And, you yeah. know, a lot of people, too, they get concerned when, you know, if they feel that they don't have a social media presence yet. And it, your social media is not going to grow overnight, but the biggest thing is staying consistent with your posting so that people know that you're there and that you're persistent, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it's really, it's, it's even when they don't, they don't watch all your videos, but they see you doing, oh, there he is again, oh, there she is again, right? And that's what gets, gets their attention. Consi that's why farming works. Consistency, right? Like you just described, exactly. you have a turnover rate of 8%. You have 1,000 homes. That means 80 are going to sell every year. The more familiar they are with you, the more comfortable they are with you, the more of that percentage you're going to get. Isn't that the whole idea? Exactly. Take, be, be the majority market share in that specific farm area, <laughs> you know? Right. You, you have know, the you, opportunity um, to. It's just all about the consistency. And that, that's the key right there. You have the opportunity. Are you taking advantage of it? That's the key. Yep. You know, doesn't matter. Is the market going up? Could be. Is it going down? Yep. Sideways. Who knows? Uh, interest rates are high. Interest rates are low. You know, appreciate. It doesn't matter. P homes are still selling. And right. if you have a certain percentage of your farm. So tell us a little bit. Okay, so social media, right? I mean, I know as an agent, I would want to have all those things linked together, right? Everybody in my farm, everybody in my sphere. You guys also know the VAC 2.0 really well. You ladies know mm -hmm. as well as or better than a lot of our agents. You know how to help them coordinate that stuff, right? Right. So, I mean, with so, social media, yes, it is very, very important to have those things all connected with each other. Um, and one big question that I get asked a lot, too, is do mm -hmm. I need to have my Instagram, do I need to have a separate one for personal and a separate one for business? And my answer to that is, you know, because it's not always so black and white. Sometimes if you already have a pretty big following on your personal social media, and you feel comfortable with, you know, kind of turning that into your business account, then I would suggest doing that. But if you really do prefer, it, it really is just based on preference, 
right? But no matter mm-hmm. what, if you do have, if you do decide to make a separate, um, a separate page for your business Instagram, then make sure that you have that business Facebook set up as well so that anytime you post on Instagram, it gets shared to your Facebook or vice versa, you know? And then especially the biggest mm-hmm. thing, like you were saying, Rick, the biggest thing is also videos because we all know too with TikTok and Instagram reels and all of that, people want that immediate gratification of watching these quick like one to three minute videos, right? And they're more likely to actually stay hooked on that rather than scrolling through an Instagram feed. And also posting on your Instagram story or your TikTok story or your Facebook story, that's when people open up Instagram, you know, for me and majority of everyone I know, the first thing we do is start clicking through people's stories. So that's where you mm-hmm. really are going to capture somebody's attention. And if you're posting something, you know, market related, people might not need that information right this moment, but eventually they will. So you want to create something, we call it evergreen content. So it's, you know, market information that's always going to stand tried and true. And of, of course, there's going to be other kind of marketing that is, it, it's not always the same. As the market changes, as it shifts, it's not, that's not going to be the evergreen content. But as far as, getting approved for loans or just information like that that they might end up needing in the future and it's something that they can save and utilize later on, then, you know, you want to create stuff that people can come back to or create things that Mm -hmm. people can also share with somebody that they may know that is in the market to buy a house or is considering, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, listing their house. But the biggest biggest thing is going to be, you know, stories and videos. Yep, real stories, videos. All that good stuff, you know, it, 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 and I, I agree with you 100%. I, okay, so I'm an older dude. I'll be 58 next month. And I only say that because I know I'm not the Instagram prototype or TikTok, but I still have them. I do okay on them, but nowhere near as good as Facebook, LinkedIn, you know, because of my age, you know. So right. I know that. And I, I only use social media for business, right? But I mix my personal in there because it makes my business work better. Right. And I mean, you have to present yourself as a real person, too. Nobody wants to go to that robotic person that's constantly only posting marketing stuff, right? Or market information. They want to see they want to see your dogs. They want to see your babies. I always say dogs and babies get so much engagement online, Mm -hmm. right? Because it makes you relatable. And in this day and age in a post COVID world, that social media is going to be your biggest way to build rapport with people and where you're where you can allow your personality to shine through if you so choose, which I definitely Mm -hmm. recommend doing so. You know, if you're going to a concert, like, I think, was it like ACDC was here last year? And I saw a ton of realtors posting that they were going to that concert. And I'm like, wait, that's really cool. Like, I'm super into rock and roll music. <laughs> it made me want to have conversations with, you know, other with other realtors as well. Like, it just, like I said, it yeah. makes you that much more relatable to post a little bit of personal stuff here and there. That's the word, too, relatable. And that's that's why they use you. Because the great thing about real estate is, and I'm going to say this, but it's less about your experience and more about the connection you create with them. Because if they, everybody thinks real estate's easy until they do a transaction. But when before they start, oh, this is easy. Let's just pick somebody we like, we trust, right? And mm-hmm. time in the business, time in the business helps the agent because now you have repeat and referral business. But as far as who right. they're going to pick, if they don't have somebody, it's about can they relate to you? Do they feel comfortable with you? Right. So I I think that's a huge. Right. Yeah. One hundred percent. Like you people are going to pick agents if they feel like they can almost, you know, create a friendship with them. And that's also a goal, too. 
when you start to build these relationships with people and that's how you get referral business is you maintain some kind of a friendship with these clients as well. And you don't consider them clients. You consider them your friends. Exactly right. That's awesome. No, I love that. That's perfect. Link it all together. Keep it rocking. Okay, so did I forget any of the wonderful tools that you guys have? I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, we have we have a laundry list of different tools that we can offer. You really but I do. think we covered the 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 main ones. So. All right, cool. Yeah, and also um, that you'll meet with them individually. See, if I was an agent, I would oh, meet yeah. with you. Depending if I was in the Southwest office, I would meet with Brittany. I'd meet with Rhonda, and and come up with a customized plan that you can because you guys do it for them, and I think it's incredibly awesome. So. 100%. And right now we're actually, you know, because we're approaching the new year very, very quickly, we're encouraging people to set up one-on-one -on -one meetings with us now so that that way you don't get that overwhelm right in the beginning of the year of, okay, I have to hit the ground running, but then you kind of trip over yourself a little bit trying to figure out what you're going to do. So we're trying to get everyone, encourage everyone to meet with us now so we can set that up and then actually be able to hit the ground running with no speed bumps in the beginning of the year. So... Nice. You're asking people to be proactive versus reactive, and I love that because proactive is what makes you do well, and you'll be really happy with your January. If everything's set, running, you know, think about this. You have a sphere. Your sphere should all be connected to you on social media through the VAC 2.0 and any tools that you guys have as well to do that. You should have a farm. Same thing, all connected. Now, when you're, you know, you're making calls or you're going to door knocking or you're doing videos and you're doing social – and they're seeing you multiple times, right? All right, which is really how you become super familiar with them. And that's, that's called marketing, isn't it? That's marketing. It, it sure is. You're exactly right. We self-discovered. <laughs> All right, Jamie. Well, we're, we're right there in time. I just want to say thank you very much. Um, you've been awesome today. It's been completely helpful. And uh, hope you have a wonderful day today. Thank you so much, Rick. You as well. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you. All right, everybody. Bye-bye. Again in a week. Jamie, have a wonderful day. Thank you. Bye, everybody.